With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Breathing room with that intro, Sims. Ooh, man. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. How are you? Man, after a long weekend of Tiger Woods golf and some NCAA basketball, it's good to be back. I didn't watch much Tiger this weekend. I watched more last weekend. Uh, it was cool. I watched like the last few holes of Rory McIlroy to see him kind of close it out. Wasn't that, was that nice it. to see? It was nice. I wonder. I always wonder like if all those guys' games are going to pop up now again. Because now- Tiger's back. And it's almost going to make them like if reap. Tiger oh, come back, then we can yes, come right. back. Yes, right. The crouching tiger, hidden dragon tiger is back. Man. We need to get on our game. Uh, so I'm out and I'm watching uh, the the bracket games on Friday night. And uh, this dude came up to me and he's like, yo, man, what's up? I love the podcast. I'm like, oh, that's great. He goes, yo, how do you have your quarterbacks ranked? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I just kind of trust Sims. <laughs> and I and that's like I didn't, I wasn't even planning on starting to talk about this. Like, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Indomitian Sue. We're gonna talk about the Jets' cold trade. But I really want to talk about Sam Darnold. Yeah, okay. Because every mock draft I look at, I'm looking at like Bucky Brooks right here, and Sam Darnold's going number one to the right. Browns. And and this guy comes to me, he goes, you, you don't like Sam Darnold? And, and he actually said, I don't like Sam Darnold either. Right. And that's what I hear from a lot of people. And you said something before we just started recording that I just want to get out there right away. Yeah, sure. Fine. I, yeah, I mean, I'm amazed by this Sam Darnold. He's the automatic number one pick as well. I really am. I mean, it's it's kind of like everywhere you go, it's like, oh, Darnold's going one or two. Um so I guess my issue is this. First Are you of all, hearing that? Well, first of all, you know I don't think he's worth that from my evaluation. Yeah. He's really good. He's a first-rounder. He's certainly in the conversation, yes. Do I look at him as the number one or two pick in the draft? Certainly not. No, but this is where it gets conflicting to me. Not only you know, with my friends around football, I, I don't. none of my friends have Sam Darnold as the number one quarterback in the coming out. And that's a good amount of people? That's a pretty good group of guys with your scroll. Oh, look at these fancy graphics. Cut to Lefko. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, uh, but stay on your point, though. But yes, the none of my friends are sitting there going, oh, no, Sam Darnold's the number one. I talk to a lot of quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators. So let, me, let me get in your head. That, so you, you're tall enough, and right. you're just exchanging information with right. these guys. Yes. And you're going, so we're where just talking you, ball. And they, you're like, where do you have Sam Darnold? Right. Like, are, do you agree with what these mock drafts are saying? And then what do they say? Well, they all have their concerns as well. So they're, I can't tell you, none of my friends, the ones that people know about, like, I haven't talked to Kyle about of the quarterback course. situation, okay. okay? Just so we can end that conversation. And plus, he drafted that kid That's, from Iowa last year, so I'm not a, listening well, to And Kyle's he's got Jimmy Garoppolo, so he's not deep into the quarterback conversation yeah. anyways. But, like, other friends that I have, yes, none of them have gone, no, Darnold's number one for me. I mean, none. You haven't heard it once. No, and then even to add on to that, again, 
we're still at the early stages. Like I've I've told people too. Like NFL teams, I don't know if they really know who's number one yet. That's get, crazy. This is though, where people have to go. Yeah, Chris, because this is where it starts. Here, so let me I'm just explain fan. to it. I know I'm a fan, right. and I am rooting for a team right. that's making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yeah. And while I can't pay attention to the quarterbacks all the time because it's not my job, right. says everybody else. Right. These teams surely should be. They're investing their future. How do they not know? Well, they the should know this two months ago. Might know or think they know, but. I don't think offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches have done finishing their evaluations yet to gotcha. go, okay? So, like, when it comes to the combine, especially now that the draft is late April, sometimes the first week of May, guys just go into the combine and go, let me watch a quick highlight tape just to get a feel for right. the player. So when I meet him, I can at least know what his skill set is. But they haven't broken him down till after the combine. What's going to be really interesting? So Darnold didn't throw at the combine. He's throwing on Wednesday. Right. It's supposed to rain. He's going to still throw okay. on Wednesday. That'll be interesting. Really interesting. Because one of my issues with Darnold, too, of course, just seeing him in person as well, you know, I don't love his body. Of course, the motion is a little bit concerning to me. But the other thing that was concerning to me when I watched him on film or saw him in person at Notre Dame is if you told me the footballs he threw were from 1991, I would go, yeah, they look like they've you been around. You said this yes. the other day. Right. So what does that mean? It means that the ball is broken into a way to where – he is in love with it, the way it feels, so it's optimal for the way it feels and grips for him. But so, you're not going to get that type of football all the time in the NFL. Let me explain uh, to people that have joined our podcast that are now listening to us. Sims is a weirdo. When he told Lebetard and Stugatz that he is a studier of men's bodies, he's not kidding. He'll look at me and be like, oh, it took the week off, huh? He just <laughs> observes things like that. And when it comes to footballs and quarterbacks... Yeah, grips, you, everything like that. He, you'll watch film and go, oh, that's a cool bandana. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) But when you go to the football field, you observe things that I would never see. And one of them is the type of football. And you said Sam Darnold was throwing something that looks like it got thrown off over the fence. It looks like you looked and you 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 went into the Lefko family closet. and like, oh, I found my lucky football from seventh grade. Yes. And as we said all the time, which went back to the whole Tom Brady deflate thing, Mm -hmm. everyone's very particular. Yes. But if you go to the NFL, that ain't happening. You're not going to get a football. I that can't old. even believe Certainly you can not. do that in college. Yeah, no, college. There's no rules for stuff like that. There's what do you none. mean? There's... You can bring any football you want. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, as long as they go, the the air pressure is fine. Whatever else, it doesn't matter how old, how new, whatever really? it is. Yeah, there's no rules. So that is something I watch out, uh, watch for, of course. But just to end that conversation. Again, I'm not sitting here. There's some things Darnold does that I really do like. Again, I just have a hard. Yeah, I I just have this issue with that. He's the slam dunk number one. I don't get because I've also called some of my friends who are like NFL insiders, right? Who know more people than I know around the NFL, and none of them can give me an answer to go. Oh no, Darnold's the consensus number one. From who they're hearing, yes, they all are in the same boat. Like, no, it's still too early. I nobody's put like a stamp of approval on anybody yet. So that to me just tells me then the Darnold thing is just a media figmentation at this Mm. point. Is that the proper use of that word? No, I don't. I I don't. Figmentation is not a word. (laughs) pigmentation and a figment of their imagination. Maybe that's what I was looking for. That's another thing we're going to start. We are going to start Invented Sims Words. Great. I thought about this last week. That's a good one. And we're going to start with figmentation. Figmentation. That's amazing. I just wanted to start there because when I was looking at the Jets-Colts trade that happened this week, and by the way, hello everybody, thank you for subscribing on iTunes. Hello, As always, Sims and Lefko. check out at Sims and Lefko. But all of a sudden, I go, a new updated mock draft now that the Jets have the third pick. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. And all of them were like, Sam Darnold won. And I was like, man, that's interesting. Maybe the Browns, maybe people already know that the Browns like Sam Darnold. I mean, and Hugh you Jackson, made a good Hugh Jackson point. Well, he has the USC ties. I mean, yes, he's he's an alum. So but, is he an alum? Is he a sure? I'm not sure he's an alum, but he's got USC ties. But it doesn't look but, like they're listening to Hugh anymore. Yeah, Hugh's not calling any shots. They're not the, the new John Dorsey that came in. He goes, "Hey, oh, and sixteen Hugh Jackson, build my team for me. Tell me how to one, work this." One, what, it's one in thirty-one. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> one in thirty-one. So again, no, I don't think he has. I, 
added to that conversation when people said, oh, you know, he Hugh Jackson recommended A.J. McCarron to the Buffalo <laughs> Bills. Well, that just tells you, too, that he probably wanted him to come to Cleveland, but mm. they said you don't have that choice. The Cleveland thing, other two, just to end that conversation, yeah, I mean, I doubt Hugh was calling the shots there. They got re- to remember who's there now. Todd Haley's there, right? With a John Dorsey. Oh, wow. Right? Todd Haley is, he's more from the Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick school of quarterbacks. Big Ben, the Tom Brady's of the world, the Matt Castles who we had in Kansas City. To me, that guy would be Josh Allen. So right. if you made me connect the dots right now, I would go Cleveland would pick Josh Allen. And I think at this part of the process, Josh Allen, as much as I love Lamar Jackson, I think post-combine, all that, everything yes. we saw at the combine, he'd probably be my number one at this point, too. I'm realizing with all of this, there is this world that is created around the draft that has upset me for a very long time as yeah. someone that used to be upset with the draft, and that's none of this matters. That's what I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. So what happens is is we've now made lay the fact, and when I say this, I love our own Matt Miller, and Matt works really hard. I'm not talking about Matt. Right. I'm talking about other people with their, hey, it's Mach 7.0. Mach 2.0 didn't matter. I don't think it doesn't matter. The whole thing, too, is the Jets traded all these picks to move up to the Colts, but if they get their guy, none of those picks matter. Right. That's not fucking true. True, because they gave up the three second round picks, and when a few years ago the uh, the they moved up for Dion Jordan, they gave up one. I understand what they're saying. When you get a quarterback, then that's great. But I, this whole thing about the draft, it, it just doesn't matter, and our jobs are fine. And draft guys never have to own up to anything. Like the Mel Kiper thing, still upsets no, me. No, I get you. He does, they work hard. I give them that. It's hard never to place it out. I know. Yes. Um, the, are we going to get into this Jets yeah, let's conversation? Get into it. Okay, so the that was all over the place. Uh, the Jets gave up the sixth round, sixth pick in the draft, thirty-seven, yeah. forty-nine, and next year's two right. to move up to the third pick in the draft with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this goes back to the Hugh Jackson thing. Yeah, I went. Mm, the disease of doubt has already crept in for me. I don't trust Hugh Jackson because you're one in 31. I don't trust all the stuff you have going on there. Yeah. I'm going to trust that this front office from the Jets can draft quarterbacks. I know. After Petty and Hackenberg. Right. That's a little concerning. I mean, especially Hackenberg. Yes, I get you. Now, Put the, the only seal thing, of approval on him. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I always will say this McCagnan, I think, was totally, you know, sold on Hackenberg because. Of Billy O'Brien coming to Texas, the Texans the year after Hackenberg's freshman year where he coached Hackenberg yes. there. And I think that just lived in McCagnan's head forever. I'm sure. That oh, Bill O'Brien came down there and he said this is a first-round quarterback and he never could get over that in his mind and when this, evaluating And this move him. is to get a quarterback. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, to me, you're crazy if you gave up all that inventory of picks to take a running back this day and age, who I love Saquon Barkley. He is worthy of the number one pick. But I also would add to that, in this day and age, to give up that many picks where we just saw the leading NFL rusher as a fourth-round pick, Alvin Kamara coming to the league. The year before that, Jordan Howard was a fourth-round pick. He was the second-leading rusher in football. Alfred Morris was second-leading in rushing. He was a sixth-round pick. Do you like trading up now? Not knowing who's going to be available at three. I do. Okay. I, I do like it now. I know a lot of people are giving them flack, right, for trading up now. This price is only going to get more expensive as we get closer. Yeah, I mean, because if you call back later, they go, oh, sorry, no, we're going to need more. We're going to need a fourth also. Right. I mean, okay. it's, it starts to clear its picture. I mean, you just don't know. So they got in the spot now, uh, and they'll see where they go from here. But you got to guess who they want. No, I mean, I the, to me, this is the thing that I just come to the realization. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know who the hell they like. It's really who do you think's in their top three? That's really what it That's comes what down to. That's what it comes to. down to is who's in their top three yes, guys. Yes, right. That is where it Darnold, comes down to. Baker. I'm just kidding. Who do you think? I think Baker Mayfield's certainly in their top three, and I think Josh Allen's in their top three. I would think Josh Allen's in everybody's top three. Okay. Just because of size, Your speed, athleticism. Your top three is Josh, Lamar, Jackson, and Baker. Yes, right. And would you say that's their top three, or is Lamar probably not there? I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know how everybody evaluates uh, Lamar. He now, is the wild card. He is the wild card, yes. Because, I yes, I know people around the NFL that see Lamar the same way I do. And they really? go, damn, yeah. So you have more people in the NFL saying that 
they believe Lamar Jackson has the talent of a top pick right. than Sam Darnold has the talent. I um, Some of my friends, yes, have given more of the stamp of approval to Lamar Jackson than Sam Darnold. Yes. And this isn't because you've like convinced them. No, no. I mean, these are friends that I would push back against me if they saw me. They don't care. Like They like to hear my opinion and we yeah. talk ball. But if they disagree, they're very confident in where they are in life. Yes. Uh, so I have no qualms with that back and forth there no this this, the the Darnold thing again is interesting just because he it's such a raw film too I mean he's the worst in the pocket he takes care of the ball the worst I mean all those things I would say he leaves the most down the field throws open out of all the guys because if the first guy's not open he runs around and just tries to make a play with his athleticism I think the big winner of the trade is the Browns the big winner of the trade is definitely the Browns. Because now, if you go quarterback, we're not sure what the Giants are going to do, but we know that there's a quarterback going at three, you're going to get either a Saquon or a Bradley Chubb at four now. Guaranteed. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. I'm having a hard time looking at the Giants at number two, watching the rest of the NFL punch themselves in the face to get up into this high-tier level of quarterback to get their guy for the future, and they're sitting there with a set 37-year-old Eli Manning yeah. whose football teams have not scored over 30 points even though Odell Beckham was on the roster for two, like two and a half years, and they're not going to take a quarterback? I don't think they've answered that question yet. I mean, to me, oh, it just it. well, I just I, I don't know these things. But I just think there's there's a lot of dots to connect here with the Giants situation. First of all, I do feel like they're kind of in like we want to win right now mode, right? So that makes me believe that they could very easily take a Saquon too, or they could trade down and go, you know, we'll go to seven or eight or nine, whatever it is, and try to go Quentin Nelson and fill out our yeah, offensive because line. Because now if the Bills want to move up, right. they got to get ahead of the Jets at two, right? So I mean that would be the perfect trade partner, the New York Giants, certainly. But at the same time, I think if I'm running the Giants, I'm going, man. I'm I'm not sure when I'll have the number two pick in the draft ever again, and I could set up my franchise for the next 12 years. So you might just have to bite the bullet and go, you know what, I'm going to waste this number two pick and take a quarterback, even though he's going to sit behind Eli Manning for a year or two, whatever it may be, but it's the greater good for the next 10 years of the organization. They are in a money spot right now. I mean, to me, if they wanted to win right now, Saquon's the guy. I mean, you put Saquon with Eli and Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Good luck, right. Fucking good luck, covering those guys. And then I will the say, though, that for, that for all the people to say yes. that the Giants haven't had a good O-line, their, two guard, their guard and center just got paid $90 million combined in the yeah. free agent market. So I'm, apparently the rest of the NFL thought those guys right. were good. I mean, and Eric Flowers is, I mean, any grading service you look guy, at, yeah. I know, he's top he's top half of the NFL. I know, it's a it's a, it's a, a theme that the the Eli Manning backers here in New York just went with. The, the, the O-line's horrible. we got to change it, even though it's maybe the top three centers in football and one of the better guards in football and all that. But What do you think the Buffalo Bills are thinking well, right now? I just want to finish the Jets yeah, thing. Yeah. The Jets, though, trading to number 3-2, they got to be sitting there at, just, just at the very worst going, we're okay with these three quarterbacks, no matter who they are, whether that's Darnold, Rosen, and Allen, or Mayfield, Rosen, and Darnold. I just can't imagine being happy with your third choice. Well, it, this is a year that I don't think everybody's three is going to be everybody's three. Like mm. It's going to be beauty in the eye of the beholder. It's going to be a little bit about the offense you run and how you envision that quarterback fitting into it. So, And uh, no matter who you get at the press conference, you go, this is the guy we wanted all along. Yes. This is the one. People didn't see it the way we did. So every GM is going to sound like a genius. These are West Coast guys. Jeremy Bates, right? Jeremy Bates, John Gruden, school of thought, that those kind of guys. I think they're going to err on. I don't think Rosen will be in their talk, like for me. If you made me just bet, I would go, I think it's going to be probably a Mayfield- Allen Darnold conversation for the Jets at three. Fuck it. We're doing something I didn't plan on. Go. We're doing a top five mock draft right now. Top Just five. Just do it right now. Okay, fine. The first pick in the NFL draft. Josh Cleveland Allen. Browns select. Josh Allen. You now have to you don't get to make that pick. You did it beforehand. Uh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Josh Allen's number one. Giants come up. Man. With the second selection in the NFL draft. The New York Giants select. Gosh, should I do this as in what I would do? Is there, or should I, what I think they what are going to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. It's really, if I'm the Giants and I, I, I want to take Saquon Barkley and just oh. go, let's go try to win the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. Let's go. Do you think they can with Eli? 
Yes. You think they can? I you do. You think if they got Saquon and they got Alec Ogletree, you think that they can win the Super Bowl this year? Even with that offensive line? Yeah, I do. I think they'll be okay. Wow. I really do. I, I don't I don't have any issue. Their team is a lot more talented than their final roster showed. Shermer is certainly going to make the offense better. Um you know, you like you'll have a healthy Odell. I like, I like James Betcher, a defensive coordinator. Yeah, don't be shocked if the Giants are back in this convo, certainly. I mean, that's just too much talent on the team. And with the third pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets now have... I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. Ooh. Yeah. I really think, I guess if you put me to where I just think it's going to go right now, I'm going to say on, Allen I, I, won. Yeah, stop. I'm, okay. We're doing this. Okay. I was <laughs> going to just go, I think if I think what's going to happen, like if okay. I had a, instead of what I would want to do... Like, I think right now it's just shaping up to be, if I was just, it seems like it's Allen 1, Darnold 2, Mayfield 3, and then Saquon 4. All right, time out. You're really confusing me. So were you currently doing what you think they're going to do or what you would do? Well, I changed it for a second when we were there. Yeah, damn it. All right, so you were doing what you think they're going to do, which is Josh Allen, Barkley, Baker, and then who are the Browns taking for? No, that was my hoping what they would do. Oh, this is your hoping. Okay, then finish that one. Who do you have at four for your hoping they would do for the Browns at four? That would be Saquon. They already took Saquon at two. Uh, who, oh, the Giants. We're doing the hoping one. We've confused this uh, completely. Chubb. See, this is what you get for stupid shit like this, okay? Well, we're going to change the show and do a mock draft right now just because I want to. Um, yeah, it was fun. No. Okay. F- screw your mock draft, okay? And confusing everything. I think if it's going to go the way it's going to go right now, I'm going to take Sa- Saquon's going to go to the Cleveland Browns at four. You're going to go Allen one. It's going to go Darnold two to the Giants. It's going to go number three Mayfield to the Jets. Barkley four to the Cleveland Browns. And then Broncos. The five. Broncos at five are going to take Bradley Chubb. And then oh, with Von Miller. Look I at your eyebrows just go up. I just I just think that makes too much sense. How are they going to pass him by? You know, Shane Ray has not quite been what they wanted to. He's been injured. You know, he kind of he's an outside linebacker, defense and hybrid. I, th- I could certainly see that happening. Yes. And then at six would be the Colts. And then that's that could be Minka Fitzpatrick, who mm. I haven't got to evaluate yet. That could be a guard. Why if did possible. you just put Darnold and the Giants at two? I'm just throwing things out. I'm just trying to connect the dots of bullshit that I've read out there. It's not what it. I would do. This is not Chris Sims mock draft. I'm just saying the way it lies right now and the stuff I hear, that's just my feeling. Um, I will say this in terms of money and the Jets. So the Jets are paying Tremaine Johnson $26 million next season. Yeah. The Rams, here you were talking about the Giants going all in to try and win. The Rams, for $25 million Next season are paying Akib Talib, Marcus Peters, Sam Shields, and LaMarcus Joyner. Mm. They get all four of those guys for twenty five, and Tremaine's getting paid twenty six. Yeah, that just shows you the value. Right, we could do this on the Packers as well mm-hmm. by cutting Jordy Nelson. The Packers freed up more than ten million dollars. With that more than ten million dollars, they can afford Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson's contract next season. Right. So you need to look at it from afar sometimes right. to go look at all the stuff we're getting. Uh, Mike Pouncey, yeah. the Dolphins. It right. came out. It was not a character thing. That's not the reason they got rid mm-hmm. of him. But they were able to pay Josh Sitton and Kilgore the same salary that he got. Yes. They got two for the price of one. Right. Just good GMing. I it, think. it is good GM GMing. What else did you want to talk about? Anything else there? No, I just uh, you just you fucked me with the drafts. All right, <laughs> you <laughs> fucked yourself. I guess you fucked yourself. But that's the problem with the drafts. Is it what is it? What you think they're going to do? Well, when I do it, I'll do? stamp my I'll stamp my name to it and tell you that this is the way I think it's going to go down. There's the mock draft of Chris Sim style. Right now, it's so early. I'm just trying to connect dots. Uh, I mean, again, I'll throw in another wrinkle to that conversation. I mean, Cleveland at number four, there's conversations that they're going to renegotiate with Duke jo- Duke Johnson and re-sign him, and they just gave $15 million to Carlos Hyde. So you're telling me they're going to take a running back at number four, too? I mean, what are they going to have, $30 million worth of running backs on their roster? Man. So that's where I get confused with this conversation as well. I will say this, though. They can kind of do that because their entire like team is filled on rookie contracts. Yeah, oh yeah, it's not about a, a money thing. They have thing. so right. much money to spend. They do. Yes. And it really doesn't matter where it goes. Right. The number one free agent that is still left right now is Indomitian Sue. Mm-hmm. Indomitian Sue, it appears our good friend Jordan Schultz has now he's been reporting on it. He's been calling Sue all the time. And if you've ever gotten called by Schultz, he is persistent. So Sue is like 
Jordan, leave me alone. <laughs> but it's down to four teams. It is down to the Titans, the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Rams. He's visiting the Rams. If he goes to Seattle, he's close to his original home of Portland, and he goes to a team that is kind of being gutted, and he says he cares more about winning than money, so I don't know if the Seahawks are ready to win, but you do have Russell Wilson. Yes. The Rams, wow. Yeah. Rams are ready to win. Right. And Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald on the same D-line with be, with Tlaib and Peters and LaMarcus Joyner. Could be is, the greatest defensive tackle duo ever in the history of the sport. In the history of the sport. Yeah. I mean, I, I name me two better D tackles than that together, right there. Two, two. I mean, right now, barring any crazy injuries, two first ballot Hall of Famers. I mean, that that's how good they are. The only thing is, if if Reggie White ever lined in, up inside with Jerome Brown, yeah, right, right. Some of those, right, certainly, yeah, maybe the Purple People Eaters, right, or yeah. the original Rams. It's close, right? The Steel Curtain. There's yeah. certainly some there. But the yes. fact that you have to go back to that, yes, is special. Uh, the Saints, yeah, very much ready to win now. Right. Uh, it's funny because they actually brought in Nick. Uh, what's his face that was on the Lions? Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley. Right. Didn't he had the really hard conditions out. and all that. But if he goes there, that's a game changer game for the changer. Saints. And they're doing good things on the defensive side of the ball. Resigned Alex Okafor. Yep. Got some more guys. Demario Davis, a middle yes. linebacker. Oh. Patrick Robinson. Uh, and then the Titans. Yeah. Which I think now that you have uh, Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan and they have uh, Dory Jackson. Of course, Adoree Jackson, but right. who's the D lineman that we've been pumping up for the last few years? Oh, uh, Jarrell Casey. Jarrell Casey, sure. The Titans are like, hey, look, we're in a we're in a pretty good division. It's a little bit young, but where do you think Sue goes, and where would you advise him to go? Oh, the Tennessee Titan thing. Uh, it, I would not go to Seattle if I'm Dominic. I agree. I, I mean, I just feel like it's a they're a little bit in turnover the roster mode. I, it's iffy for me. And also, it just doesn't even make sense to me from the standpoint of, like, Seattle seems like they're trying to get rid of their older, yes. disgruntled, outspoken stars, and then they're going to bring in, like, the king disgruntled right. star in town. Um, <sighs> Rams, Saints, or Titans? I don't know if, if the, we're saying if, money's equal everywhere, right? He said he it's didn't hard to turn even talk down the money. He said he didn't even talk money right. with the Saints and Titans because he cares more about culture and winning. Right. I mean the 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 Titans culture with Vrabel and Dean Pease a D coordinator and Matt Lafleur as the OC. I mean I just really think that's a team that's on the rise. With yeah, this but I leadership. would also say the but Rams the, with with yeah, Sean McVay sure. and Wade Phillips. I, I, they're they're and all, they're closer. All, they're all awesome. I mean and who, the Saints. The Saints are the closest. Might be the of best. Yeah. Yes, they're the clay, and they they could probably use him more than anybody else. All right, so where do you think he goes? I think he's going to go to the Rams. Wow. I think he's going to go star power. I think he's going to go Wade Phillips. In L.A., right. which is, you know, I just think that's Sue was on Ballers last year. Right. You know he likes that aspect of it. Yeah, that's just the one that, to me, it just seems to make the most sense. That defense will be unbelievable. Insane. Insane. Wow, I'm legitimately worried as an Eagles fan. Yeah, you should be. They get him, they're going to be in the conversations for the, the favorite to... To win the Super Bowl, or at least one of the favorites to get there. Did you see how dramatic that pause was? I thought it was going to be like, like they have, they have a chance to be <laughs> winning the Super Bowl. Okay, that's good. Uh, all right, so that will be obviously interesting to see with Sue. Another defensive lineman, Sheldon Richardson, signs a one-year deal with the Vikings. And I think in terms of talent, this was actually bigger for the Vikings than going from Case Keenum to Kirk Cousins. I think getting a guy like Sheldon Richardson on the Vikings D line, where we know they've been insanely shallow and they haven't, like they've had some talent, but those guys, Everson Griffin, have been expected to do so much. I think it's a huge move for Sheldon. They still need depth, though, on that deal. Yeah, that was the only thing that worried me about the Kirk Cousins conversation. Yeah, we, you and I have talked about the Vikings defensive front fizzling out at the end of the last two seasons, and that's true. I mean, look at Everson Griffin's sack production, uh, some of the guys' individual production altogether. Yeah, just lacks because they're on the field too much. Sheldon Richardson, though, they needed that legit three technique. They never really got that. You got Linvel Joseph, who's truly a – He's a shade nose, a nose tackle. They wanted the other kid, Sharif Floyd, right. their first rounder from a few years ago, to be that three technique. A three but he's been technique injured. for people. I'll try right. and simplify it. Tell me if I'm right. Yep. Is somebody that lines up over a gap, and he is trying to get to the quarterback. 
Warren Sapp being the epitome of the three technique. Sure, right. Aaron Donald where, would be similar to... Where Linval Joseph tries to absorb people, right. he's going straight he Usually in. lines up like over the center. The three technique, just for all you out there, is the outside shoulder of the guard. That's that's basically the, the tackle... On the tackle side. Yeah, uh, or they're both. There's tackles yeah. on each side. But yes, the outside shoulder, that is your three and technique. And you think he's the piece they've been missing. I do think he's certainly going to help them tremendously because guys like Shamar Stevens and Linval Joseph are like the same guy. They're more of that true nose tackle where he's a little bit more, like you said, gap, speed, predicated, yeah. create chaos, get upfield, adds a little depth to their team overall. Yeah, I mean, it improves them, and you know, watch out for the Vikings. So I see the Vikings improving. I see the Rams. I mean, holy crap, if they get him improving. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots are coming, mm-hmm. and I don't think people are realizing the moves that Bill's making right yep. now. Right Now, look, they've lost Nate Solder. They've lost a lot of these guys. Matthew Slater was out meeting with the Steelers, and that really upset Patriots fans. They get Adrian Claiborne, another depth guy, which I think is going to be good. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're putting him next to Danny Shelton, you're just getting bigger bodies, angrier bodies on that line. Right. They signed Jeremy Hill. Yeah. So in essence, they're now just taking the Bengals' backfield. For the last two <laughs> decades, whether it's been Corey Dillon or Rex Burkhead and now Jeremy Hill, he just finds Bengals running backs. The two trades, though, are what has me go and watch out for Bill Belichick. Right. He swapped late-round picks and got Cordaro Patterson. Yes. Swapped like a six for a five, right. and they were not even that far away. And then he did a six for a seven swap and got Jason McCourty for the Browns. He's getting these players for free, like Jason McCourty. The fact that we have the McCourty twins in the same back in the same defensive backfield, and now he has Jeremy Hill and Cordaro Patterson to play around with on the offensive side. Right. I think Patterson is going to be utilized so well with the Patriots. Yeah. Well, he's going to do what Matthew Slater did. He is brought in there as truly a, they're bringing him in to be a special team star. I would think so. Not not. Do you see him being an offensive weapon, multi use running back to a degree? But for a guy that we've talked about struggling finding the intricacies and the nuances of certain passing offenses, I, that's why I think he's going to be a running back. Yeah, well, he's they're going to use him. They're going to use him in a lot of different ways: speed sweeps, whatever it may be. Yes, but his main thing is going to be return kicks, and he's phenomenal at running down the field and making is tackles. He? Yes, I would think he's going to be their new version of their Mathers. Matthew Slater, who can add some offensive explosion. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, he had some great runs last year at the running back position. Yes. Long touchdown run against the Jets. What about pairing up both McCourty brothers? Yeah, I, I mean, um, Jason at can a Can he time, start opposite Stephon Gilmore? You're a little bit less excited than I thought you would be. Yes, because Jason's good, not great, and he's certainly a little bit... He's lost his straight-ahead explosion over the last just few years. There was a time where I was like, man, Jason McCourty's better than Devin McCourty. Mm. Start their careers. I was like, I'm not so sure I wouldn't rather have Jason, because Jason was a true corner, and Devin was like, oh, are we a safety or a corner? We weren't sure yet. And now that's an advantage. Now it is an advantage, and he's truly a safety that they just use a corner with certain matchups. Um but, but no, McCourty is going to be great for them in the sense that is he going to be able to be trusted on an island as much as a Malcolm Butler? No. But he's smart. He does everything right. He tackles. He does everything. He kind of fits the New England way right off the bat, and I think that's why it makes sense. Uh, there was another cut that I'm curious about. Oh, by the way, Orlando Skandrick just signed with Washington, Redskins, yeah. which is awesome yeah. that it stays in the, the division like that. Jonathan Hankins getting cut by the Colts because of a scheme fit. Yeah. Did he have a good year last year? He was good, not great. Not what you saw in New not York. Not the same guy I saw from the year before. Still a huge monster. Yes, he is. And they, yeah, they're 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 going to run the Cowboys defense, right? That's who they got. Uh, El- El- Elberfus, or I can never say his last name, Matt Elberfus. Oh, for the Colts, yeah. Yes, he's the new D coordinator from Dallas. It's a true 4-3 type of scheme. It's a little more speed predicated, where Hankins' job was a little bit more of making a mosh pit of things. Hassan Ridgeway-esque. Yeah, exactly. Yes, right. I, I mean, so Hankins... Hankins, he's going to have suitors out there for sure. Of but course. Yeah, he I'd like guy, him on the Vikings. He, throw, throw him in there. He certainly can, but yeah. I, I doubt they're going to have enough money to throw at him. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, there is one other guy that's unsigned. Eric Ebron is making the rounds right now, but it's Eric Reed, And this is going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be on your television a lot. Eric Reed is sort of the lesser-known Niner that continued kneeling. As Colin Kaepernick got all of the headlines, Eric Reed was one of the 
final six or seven guys in the entire NFL that continued to do it week in and week out. And as the season was ending, I saw it posted all over the place. It's going to be really interesting. Eric Reed's a free agent. I wonder if anyone's going to pick him up. Hmm? Eric Mm. Reed kneeling Mm, again. I wonder if anyone's going to pick him up. Not going to happen. Eric Reed, all of the top free agents are gone. Yeah. And I'm not seeing Eric Reed getting calls anywhere. This is a pro baller that can play safety, corner, or linebacker in a league that is now obsessed with players that can play cornerback, safety, and linebacker, and he's getting zero calls. So if he wants to come play for the Eagles, we're going to be happy to have him. We just don't got the money. But it just does. It seems like we got another black ball situation going on. Of course on, we do. Of course we do. Yes. The NFL wants to end this. And part of them ending this is to stop the players who are at the forefront of kneeling during the national anthem. Again, it does need to end because it's not going to help the players at the end. At the end of the day, it's not. Just like we're seeing with Eric Reed. Like, this is why I, I said we needed to stop it. Even though I'm all for the fight, we got to find a new way. The players have to be more progressive and find another way to fight it yeah, because I don't want it to continue to hurt I know. players' I'm just, careers. I'm just saying, but by yes, him kneeling, now we're talking about it. We are talking about it, yeah. But, I mean, for how much longer? It's just going to continue to fizzle away, fade away, whatever it may be. Do you think anyone eventually signs this guy? How about this? Tell me where Eric Reed was last year and whether or not he deserves to be on another team. Of course he does. That's not even a question. Of course he deserves to be on another football team. Yes, it's, that's a no-brainer. It's stupid. He's being blackballed. There's going to be no other way How around this. How good is this. he? He is... Um, He's starting caliber safety. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's one of the 20 best safeties in okay. football. He made the Pro Bowl because of his name a little bit. Right. When he and, came out as a first-round pick yeah, from LSU. And, and, and uh, he's got the measurables. He has a lot of things. He has concussion issues, so that's going to be a worry, worry thing, worrisome thing for teams. But uh, is he one of the 10 best safeties in football? No, but certainly starting caliber. And I do think he'll find his way on the team. It's just going to be that right time of a team finally going, okay, we're a little desperate, and we can deal with the anthem protesting thing, and we'll bring him in here and see if we can figure it out. But they're going to try to exhaust all other avenues first before they have to be backed into that corner. Well, it's funny because the team, the Ravens, when they came out, it seemed like they were going to sign Kaepernick. And then their owner said, you know, say prayers for us. And then they ended up not signing him. Mm -hmm. That team, the Ravens, is into, in my mind, some more slimy practices. And there's a few things that we stand for on this podcast. And number one being that we're in here for the players. And we think something slimy happened. And we just want to call it out. Mm -hmm. And that is that uh, on March 13th, uh, and this is all from Walter Football, who was really good at chronicling this uh, on Twitter. So shout out to him. So about six days ago, uh, on the eve of free agency, they signed Ryan Grant, the Ravens did, uh, to a nice contract. Two days later, the Raiders released Michael Crabtree. Then, two hours later, the Ravens failed Grant's physical, making the contract void. Then, the next day, Baltimore gave almost all of that money to Michael Crabtree, just noting that Ryan Grant, whose physical was failed, had not failed a physical in four years. So they signed a guy because of this tampering process. It didn't go officially through for the next two days when it couldn't go through. Crabtree got released because they were going to sign Jordy, and they went, oh, we can get Crabtree? We're going to give him that money instead. Exactly right, yeah. It's shady as can be. I don't even know how it's legal in the NFL. I mean, yeah, from what happened, or at least from what I've read. Ozzy said he didn't get the physical handed to him for like two days somehow. Sure. Well, they're going to spin it however way they want to spin yeah. it. I, th- to me, it went down like this, okay? They were getting ready to sign Ryan Gant- Grant, giving him his contract proposal, and Michael Crabtree's agent called, or somebody called like that and said, hey, we just got word the Raiders are going to release Crabtree. And yeah. they said, ooh, Crabtree's our kind of guy, which he is. He fits perfectly with perfectly. the Ravens. I mean, he seems like it. Uh, and they... Yeah, that's all accounts. It seems like a low ball move that they pulled uh, out of this deal because they found another player at the twelfth hour, and I guess it's within their rights to go sign a Michael Crabtree. Man, 
It's just scum buckets. It stuff. is scum buckets. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm not sitting here going to tell you that Michael Crabtree is like significantly better or even better than Ryan Grant either. It's close. I mean, Ryan Grant's good. He's young. He's more in the prime of his career. He was I one would of the more argue he can separate on that team. Yes, I would argue he can separate. You know, one on one a little better from than Crabtree. Now Crabtree's bigger, can probably work the middle better, can catch more contested footballs that way. But um, yeah, that was a that was a dirty move by the Ravens. D- does that impact? So obviously, whoever Ryan Grant's agent represents, it will impact all of those yeah, clients. Right. Do those stories ever get out, though? I mean, they get you out. guys need money. Yeah, exactly. The, the players are fucked. There's nothing you can do. There's only so much money out there. Does, this oh, conversation, the Eric Reed conversation, it's like you guys have no power. There's no power. Absolutely none. No. The only thing that can help people like Eric Reed is other superstars in the sport, especially being the quarterbacks, would have to stick up and make limelight of the situation and then put pressure on teams in the NFL to finally for them to go, we got to sign this guy. Make limelight make. of the situation. We got two today. <laughs> That's good. Uh, though Crabtree will say is getting free crab cakes for life from a local establishment, and it goes well with Crabtree. Ooh, yummy. My question for you is this. Really? I don't eat crab cakes. So uh, for people that don't know, Sims is very weird with food. Uh, He's tried a banana, but he hasn't eaten it. Three and a half years ago, I had him have his first bagel. Didn't understand it. You also had pudding. There's, There's a list of food you've never had. Yes. Crab crake, crab cake, crab cake. Where, Write that down. You don't like crab cake. <laughs> no, I just can't. Do you like crab? Yeah, occasionally. No, it's not my favorite seafood. Do you like lobster? I do like lobster. What's the difference? I don't like wet lobster. What do you mean? I mean cold it, lobster, or wet lobster. It's in the ocean. I don't like when they take them right out of the ocean. So okay, but a crab cake is cooked, right? And it has breading. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to work with me. I is it know. because you don't like the fact that it sounds like it's a crab cake, like with frosting? A little bit. It just doesn't look quite right with me either. Yeah, there's something there. I, I probably need to bite into it. Maybe. Okay, so then this question doesn't work for you. I was going to say, if a restaurant gave you a f- lifetime supply of free ca- crab cakes, how often do you think you could go there before they're like, hey, like... You know, you're coming a little bit too it's a much. Too much. Like my, like I would be like, okay, right. look, we have an establishment saying we're getting free crab cakes. Right. Let's, let's plan this out. Five days a week. Yeah. Four days a week. Like, why would you, I would just eat crab all the time? Yeah, yeah. No, I think if if I had a food that I liked like that, what is a food that? I mean, if it was a place that just, uh, whatever, great burger place or something like that, that was just like, hey, we're going to give you free burgers. We, we got a Sim burger. Perfect. Chris Sims. I would probably just make a night. Like, I would tell them, like, hey, how about every Thursday I come and I'm going to get my burger and I'll so take it home, whatever. So you would do weekly? I would do a weekly thing. You wouldn't like abuse that. it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I curious. I would feel guilty. Those things are great PR stunts, but I'm always curious when they begin to regret it. Like, guys... Crabtree has been here every day, and he brings the entire team. Like, we can't afford this. But they would probably like that. Because then they become Well, then they become, oh, we're the official place of the Ravens. Hey, come into our restaurant, and you'll see Crabtree eating crab cakes that we give them over there. And the rest of the football team's over here, too. They're paying, but not Crabtree. The thing that I'm secretly hoping for, Sims, Chad Henney signed with the Chiefs. Right. So he's going from Blake Bortles to Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) And I just want quotes. Hey, how does he compare? What do you think? What do you think? You've been around great quarterbacks. Same velocity, same spirals? Yeah, good spirals. Right. What do you think? You two combined? <laughs> uh, and then I also think this is interesting. There's only one team in the NFL that hasn't signed a free agent. Do you know which team it is? I do. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Why does it seem like the Dallas Cowboys never have money, but I don't know where their money is? They've got it in three it offensive to, linemen. Yeah, I know. But their r- running back is on a rookie deal. Their yeah. quarterback's on a rookie deal. Des contract isn't that much. Sean Lee's not getting paid that much. But I feel like they're chronically broke. Uh, they are. Is I mean, that just them being back... cheap, or are they just... No, they're not cheap. This has been going back since like the end of the Tony Romo career, where they were always asking him, hey, renegotiate your contract. They, uh, why are they always up against it? They did that. They did it with DeMarcus Ware. Their owner needs to talk to their GM. They do. He does. Get your shit straight. But maybe that... Well, who's balancing these books? Uh, I, I really don't know what to tell you, man. I mean... 
but I do think it's more of years of things they've done in back past or past, and now they're getting back penalties. Is what I should say mm. going forward. I know you look at it, look at their roster, right? I got it pulled up with their salary cap. I mean, they're paying seventeen million dollars to Tyrone Smith, seventeen million dollars to Marcus Lawrence, sixteen and a half to Des Bryant, eleven to Sean Lee, nine to Zach Martin. Nine to Tyrone Crawford, almost seven to Jason Witten, almost seven to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I've heard a few names there that are ridiculous. Stop paying Jason Witten seven million dollars. Yeah, it's Stop probably too much. Stop paying Des Bryant sixteen and a half. That's they got. They got to work on that. Certainly, yes, they get Lyle Collins at five and a half. You know, this so is why a Jerry, Jerry gets his favorite players, and then he just pays them too much. Yeah, I, I just didn't know where it went because I, I did not know Des was making sixteen and a half. Yeah, he gets his favorite players. I mean, how much would they like to have like a Randy Gregory or a healthy Jalen Smith right now? I mean, teams that players that they gambled on. We're going to see where it goes. Right, we we say that all the year. They gamble in the second round, and that way they'd have no depth because they keep signing these guys that don't end up doing anything. No, exactly right. So there was some talk that Earl Thomas could be going from Seattle to. Dallas, but I think I'm more interested in Richard Sherman's comments about Pete Carroll saying that his whole talking got stale mm-hmm. after a while, yeah. saying that a lot of us have been there six, seven, eight years, and the philosophy is m- more built for college. We had literally heard them all. We could recite them before he started to say them. Right. This is the oldest coach in the NFL, yeah. even though he doesn't look like it. And... Here he is, you know, we're keeping Pete Carroll and we're getting rid of all these guys who the the commentaries become stale to. Right. But I don't know. What do you think when you hear a player say well, that? Well, that, that it's part of the NFL. You can, it can become stale. That's why coaches, really smart ones, you have to be smart about how often you have team meetings and things like that. Like Bill Belichick isn't having a team meeting every day to give a State of the Union address. Tomlin keeps it fresh. Right, because after a while, yeah, you, there is only so many stories and messages you can throw out there. You always talk about uh, coaches putting up movies or quotes right. or anything, and eventually... You know, Dan Quinn right now is famous for all the stuff that he's doing, bringing in like Navy SEALs right. and all and that and it's going to get old on them, too, because sure. it's the Seattle Seahawks way. I mean, I, I could speak to this. John Gruden, I mean, I think that was part of his demise in Tampa at one point because everybody got to see John Gruden, the guy, for a number of years where some of the cracks in the armor started to show through. Like, where he'd be like, hey, I love you, man. I love you, man. And we wanted to be like, man, but said that we were in a private meeting him. just before, and you told me that guy was going to be cut in four days, and now you love him out here? And uh, it started to show itself, right? So that's that's where those issues arise from. But you do have to be careful, and I'll say just from the my friends that I know have played in Seattle, the first thing they always say, especially the veterans who didn't come from there, and it's like going back to college. It's cool, but it was like college again. I felt like I was on a What's college football team. What's the difference between college and just a little NFL. bit more rah rah every day? Come in, hey, team meeting. We're gonna do this today. Like NFL players, some of them they're 28, 29, 30 years old. They 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 know how to focus and get ready for the day. They don't need the coach up there to go. Hey, we're gonna have a good practice. We're gonna do the, like Tom Brady at 31 was like. I'm gonna have a good practice, whether you tell me that or not. I'm coming out there to be a professional. And I think that's where it gets on guys. After a while, and then in college, you can be more repetitive because well, the yeah. turnover is so it's crazy. Turnover every year. It's young kids; they're all over the map. Some actually like so football. How does Others a coach? Are, how does a coach right. take the? This is obviously a question for a coach. You have the young guys come in who need some of the raw rock because that's where they're coming from, mm-hmm. and then you also have the old guys. But you can't say a message that's been stale. Like, is that why Bill just gets up there and goes, "Do your job," well, and then uh, walks away? Yeah, I mean, some messages are going to get beaten to your brain no matter what because it's like what the coach believes in and you're going to have to just deal with it whatever it may be do do your job right i'm sure they've heard that 9 million times like what did when you were with jeff fisher yeah was jeff fisher jeff good fisher at the was meetings? great at meetings what did he do well he, again we didn't over meet we didn't over hey circle around me after practice and let me tell you good practice today and we need to work on this so how many meetings would he have a week so maybe one maybe two right where you just have a team meeting to go like no we have to improve this or i don't like what i saw this way or come in here and maybe he felt like we were sluggish on a Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. He'd have a fun video to show us to mm. liven things up, whatever it may be. 
yes, coaches have to deal with that balance when the young guys get there. Really more or not, I think they have to have the tone set to go, this is not college anymore. This is the pros. Here, look, just sit in your seat and be quiet. And then you find ways to make them feel comfortable. And just if you're a real good coach, your realness, your real talk all the time, all that goes out the door, which is different in college because there's a lot more politicking and bullshitting. Did you have a time where you rolled your eyes, where you heard a speech for like the 80th time? I mean, I can't think of a specific one where I just went like, oh my gosh, here we go again. I mean, there was times where, like, in training camp in Tampa, Florida, I can remember, like, sitting there and going, damn. Like, oh, John's not happy with the practice. Great. We're all going to go huddle around John, and he's going to tell us that we need to be more detailed, or we're going to come out here with more energy or fake it. And then I see Derek Brooks in the front shaking his head, yes. Like, like super like the most, most teacher's pet guy ever. And I'm going, like, oh my gosh, bleh, like, get out of here with that teacher's pet crap. Yeah, certainly. But I can't think of like one specific thing. So you got to the Bucks right after they won the Super Bowl. Right. Were they, was there like years afterwards where John would go, now, Listen, that 2002 team, like, did you have to hear about past successes a lot going to a team that had just won a Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, you did. Not only there, but even to his prior teams before that, or dating back to when he was with the 49ers or the Green Bay Packers, he was always going to bring up prior success to basically say, look, this is what made them successful. We could use a little bit of this. And those were great, great meetings. I just need to I just have to imagine that, like, the five years after Gruden wins the Super Bowl, like, I would just be so annoyed about hearing about that team. Well, uh, if I wasn't on it. The one thing I. I realized after I was, is how relaxed things were the year after we won the Super Bowl. Because all the pressure is gone. It was gone. I mean, they were like, we're, we're the kings of the world. Okay, what? Did Doesn't you, matter what we do this year. Was it that first year that you were at the preseason game with the, the it was cold? That was, uh, yes, Jacksonville Jaguars. It was my rookie year. That was during the season. We went up to play Jacksonville, and the season was semi-falling apart from us. I mean, we were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to repeat Super Bowl champions. Teams were just like New England this year going, I think the Bucs might go undefeated. I don't know if anybody can beat them. I mean, that's right. the way we went in the year. And, and I was like, wow, this is Eagles cool. the Eagles in the first beat game. the Eagles. I was there. Lost some freakish games early in the year that were amazing football games. But, yes, then the year goes on, and now we're like, oh, we got to like go on a winning streak at the end of the year to make the playoffs. Yeah, and we went up to Jacksonville, who was good at the time, and uh, it was David Garrard, a quarterback, and Del Rio, and Marcus Stroud, and John Henderson, and they were a big physical group. Yeah, and I walked into the locker room on a November day. And we walked in, and it was like maybe 45 degrees out. And I walked in, and everybody in the locker room already had huge puffy coats on and winter hats on. And it was the only time in, the, in my whole career where I walked in the locker room and said, we're going to lose. I knew we were going to lose at that point, and of course we did. They physically whooped our butt. So there's something to James Harrison going out without a shirt on in like two degree weather. Definitely. It's like just sending a message to the rest of your team. Like Gruden loved when we went up in New England in 2005, it was like 15 degrees. I was the quarterback. I wore no sleeves. He was like, oh, you're all. I mean, he was like, you're awesome. You're, you're not, you don't care about this cold weather, do you? I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it. <laughs> fucking football player, aren't you? You fucking love this? And I was like, yes. I know you fucking love it. I know you do. (laughs) Did you do it for him? Did I do it for him? No, I didn't. Did you do it for that speech? Did you do it so that he would come over to you? No, I did it because I was from Jersey, and I was going to prove to everybody (laughs) else on my team that I was from Jersey. Your obsession about being from Jersey is incredible. Well, I was just going to show them that it it didn't mean shit. Like, this is what we play in up here. Let's go, rest of the Buccaneer team. It's cold. We're in New England, and it's December. Suck that shit up. Did you ever have to worry about your speeches getting stale? I didn't have that many speeches, nor did I play enough for my speeches. Well, I know that I have to change my speeches for you. You know, before today, I said, yeah. hey, get them. Get them. Get them. I don't know. I did say that. Um, All right. Um, Vikings Eagles apparently reportedly going to be the uh, Thursday opener? season opener. Yeah, that would be a good one. Kirk. It, Perfect. Yes. Kirk Cousins. And then it's like, is it Nick Foles? Is it uh, Carson Wentz? Yep. Uh, DeFilippo comes back. Uh, did you see Shaw McDonough uh, made some excuses about the NFL this year? 
Well, he said the games stink, right? He said, the, oh, he, he said, said we always sh- got crappy games. He said, it's really weird. It's an analyst-driven thing. And Gruden was doing a lot of X's and O's, and I just didn't really know what to do. And I'm like, that's so weird, because Tarico was, like, so good at it. Why am I such a hater? I, I don't know. I understand it wasn't as good as Tarico and Gruden. I did not dislike Sean McDonough as much as you do. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> The cat's such... out of the bag. Um, if I met him, I'd be like, listen, man, I think but, you're really good. But the rumors, the I mean, we always basketball. heard the rumors that they didn't get along. I, I, it sounds like they were kind of true. Whenever they would do that shot, take the wide shot, whenever they would do that shot where they'd be sitting there, like standing at the back wall, and Gruden would be whatever, and then Sean would say something. And he'd look at him like, he would pause. Like Gruden would Gruden would be like, My main man today is gonna be Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mo, blah, blah. And then Sean would be like, And uh, you did say two days ago how much you enjoyed the shrimp down at the Sizzler. <laughs> and then Gruden would be like, If you say so, Sean. Like it was always fucking <laughs> it was. awkward. It was. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna read some iTunes comments, because uh, I, I put out four of them that I like. Okay. Vucevic, must listen football podcast. Um I keep hearing that Rosen has to prove that he has the he has to have the drive to play football and doesn't need it like the other kids because he grew up rich. Did Sims have to fight that same stereotype when he was going through the draft process? Yeah, it, I, I mean not through the draft. I, my whole life, I'm Silver Spoon. That's you know, even when I was in an NFL locker room, you know, yo, oh, you're a Silver Spoon. You know, oh, great. You know, I don't really give a shit. It, maybe I am Silver Spoon, but you know what? I like my spoons to be silver, so I'm going to keep working hard so they stay that way. That's do, the way I approached it. Do you th- how, when you see Josh Rosen talk about it? Yeah. What do you think he's going through? How does he turn into motivation? I don't think it necessarily people look at it as like a money thing with him. I think more of people are just looking at some of his, you know, his willingness just to talk and share his thoughts. I think that's what's going to scare teams more than anything. Because you were doing a lot of Dan Patrick interviews when you were in college, but yes. he was asking you football questions. Yes, I did not. Rosen have... is commenting about life and like right. culture and like payment of college players, yes. environmental things, putting a hot tub in his dorm room, right. things like that. Yes, which are going to rub some old school NFL players or coaches the wrong way. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Know the man. The man is what makes it. Oh, was Peyton and Eli? good because they were rich too when they grew up did they do okay yeah they did okay it doesn't mean shit okay i'm just here to tell you okay i was the most silver spoon motherfucker ever on every team and damn i know i was in the top three hardest workers on every team i was in you can ask any player i want so shove that silver spoon up everybody's butt Top three? Top three, at least. Who was in the top three with you in Tampa? I don't I don't know, but I'm just telling you I was top three. Was, who else was working that hard? Uh, Martin I, Gramatica? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I was... I, I just, Booger McFarland? That's the one thing I, I'll never regret about my career, is that I, I did I did it everything. I you, was, you asked any coach or anything, I lived there. I mean, Jeff Fisher used to go like, damn, I, I think you're in this building more than I am. I mean... Good yeah, for you, Sims. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, I am Matthew Joe, draft type. I Hello, Matthew to, Joe. I don't know how to change my iTunes. It's just Matthew Joe. Uh, but anyways, love the pod. I heard a comparison by Brett Coleman on YouTube of Saquon Barkley to LaDainian Tomlinson. I was wondering what you guys thought on that. Yeah. Thanks. Hashtag Team Lamar. That's a, it's we a good Team Lamar. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that's who he is. He's a uh, LaDainian... Marshall Falk type of player, yes, I, I, I really do. I mean, this guy is, he could be the best player in football next year. And I think his game is more suited to the NFL than it is in college. I mean, that offense at Penn State stunk. They ran the same run play almost every play, all game long. He had to do it all with his physical ability. Man, I've been on the field with Danian Tomlinson. It's special. Uh, I think Barkley is probably... He's a he's he's more explosive and quicker than Ladanian. Isn't he bigger too? He is a little bigger too, but I don't know if he's quite the physical runner Ladanian is. Oh, like that Lad- would be You're saying that Ladanian went harder. Ladanian, yes. Ladanian was more apt to just put his head down and smash it in there for 3 or 4. Like Barkley does that, but if there was one knock to what I would say, yeah, he's not willing to just smash it in there as much as like Ezekiel or Leonard Fournette does. Yeah, he looks for maybe the home run more, not to where I'm concerned or I would knock him down yeah. grades for that, but yeah, yeah, that would be the little difference. Uh, this one is from Bears Dad One Two Three Four. First, he says, "Lefko, you're welcome for the Philly special coming from my Bears." Dilly Thank dilly. Uh, quick question: Where would Mitchell Trubisky rank among the the class coming out this year? Mm. 
Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Let's do all three. Yeah. Mitchell, this is just coming out of college. Mitchell, Deshaun, and, and Mahomes. And Mahomes. How did you have him ranked last year? Did you have Mahomes I one? I had Mahomes one. I think I went Mitchell two, Watson three, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah so go off of the, the draft the rankings. The draft rankings. Not what we saw from those guys. My draft rankings, I don't think... I don't think they would change. Like, I think those top three are better than any of the three this year. Because all I'm hearing online, Sims, is that this year, what they did last year was to set themselves up for this year because this is the big quarterback class. Yeah, no, I I think that, uh, I think out of, after evaluating all these guys, yeah, I like Mahomes, Trubisky, and Watson better than all of these guys. Yes. And that, again, out. is not including NFL. No, it's not. I'm going totally off, but just my draft. I had less questions about all of them. The really, the, think about what our questions were last year. Our questions were, oh, I had none about Mahomes. The only thing we had to do was answer everybody going, oh, is it the system? And he that plays at like, Texas Tech. You're not watching the game then. They're because they're not running that system anymore. Right. They weren't doing that. Then our question about Mitchell Jabrisky was, everything looks awesome. He's just he's only played 12 games. Right. right. There was he, no, he makes every throw on the route tree, right. but he's only played 12 that games. That's the only knock. We're going to invest on a guy that's only played a year. Right. And then the knock on Deshaun Watson was, there's athletes all over the place, right. and I don't see the fastball all the time. Right. Exactly right. Like Didn't see like those, you know, let me drive it in there. It's third and 12 NFL-type throws where it's a small one. It didn't see a lot of that or a variety. Variety of routes. So, so you actually was, have those three above all the quarterbacks. Yes. And even again, Josh Allen. Yes, I would. I would put them above Josh Allen. Hmm. I would. Josh Allen's ceiling, though, it's it's still it's up Who there. Who has the highest ceiling? Ooh. He has the highest ce- Who has a higher ceiling, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Josh Allen? It's close, but yeah, I would probably say yes. Okay. It's really close. Like Lamar Jackson, again... I, I just am going to be shocked if he doesn't get thrown into this conversation more when all said and done. I I I've been I looking at Lamar Jackson life. in any mock drafts, yeah. and I'm seeing Sam Darnold like number one. In no, every th- everything Lamar now is just he's in the end of the first round. All of a sudden, all this. So we'll see. Maybe he climbs up. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I'm just telling you. Ever since I became an NFL quarterback, I ain't been wrong. I just. <laughs> I, I haven't been wrong, so this would be a first for me because I I was literally the guy where agents would call me and go, "Who's the guy I should look for in college football next year?" And I would go, "He's the guy." And I was fucking on fire for a while. Who have you gotten wrong? Gosh. You've got to get some Tom Savage. Sure, yes, Tom Savage. Yes, I guess you like definitely. Tom a lot. I did like Tom. Yes, so Tom would be. But I mean, we're talking about like first round caliber type guys. So maybe maybe you you focus because the one thing that I saw from a lot of people's reaction right. is you care too much about arm strength. Right. Which I don't think people care enough about arm strength yeah. to match your love of arm strength. Right. But you're saying when there's a first round quarterback, I'm good at those. Finding the sleepers. There's just too many things up in the air. For well, I mean, th- all these guys have good strong arms. Uh, yeah, there's to sleep. Yeah, there's too many things up in the air. What was your your question there? Did you have a uh, well, question? What we didn't finish was who yeah. has the highest ceiling if you take in those three guys and all the guys this year. Oh, the guys from last year too. You're talking yeah, about. Oh, so, even though with the ceiling, man, I'm gonna go Mahomes, the yeah. highest ceiling of all. Yeah, he's the most one of the most gifted throwers I've ever seen. And even for all those, Watson. even for all the yeah, Watson's special too. But for all those people out there to go like he cares about arm strength too much. I mean, yeah, do you care if receivers are fast? Does anybody care? Does anybody care if D tackles are strong? That's how dumb that comment is. The arm strength is almost everything. It's not everything, but it's a lot. And it allows teams to do way more on offense and call plays that you can never call. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they call plays that Blake Bortles and company would never call, or whoever it may be. So, yeah, it's not the only thing. It gets back to the Drew Brees thing again. It's not the only thing great. Drew Brees is one of the all-time great throwers of the football. He is... A great passer, I should say, not a great thrower. He's an outlier. He's one going to go down as one of the all-time greats who didn't have a real strong arm, but it still was strong enough. I mean, strong arm. I just I don't understand that comment. Well, I just I don't get it. I mean, Tom Brady's balling at the age of forty because he can still throw the ball seventy yards and he can still throw the ball hundred miles per hour down the middle of the field. So I think the the, the, I don't, the big... people think I'm saying it's the only thing. It's not. When I talk about somebody throwing the ball, I talk about all the throws. Yes. 
I think the thing that's interesting that you said is they call different plays. Right. And that's the thing that's hard to quantify. Right. Is they're not even calling certain plays because they're not capable of it. Or and the, that's how you can't chart that. Or they can't they can't chart the 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 thing where Tom Brady goes, Well, I I got a strong arm. I think I can fit this one in here to where the other guy on another team who didn't have the strong arm, he looks at it and goes, I'll just check it down. There's nothing to quantify that either. Yes. So there you go. Oh, hey, he checked it down, but oh, Brady's arm was strong enough to fit in that 30-yard seam down right. the middle to Rob Gronkowski. And so th- or it that does Mahomes mean something. play on the last play of the year. Yeah. Uh, last one for you. This podcast was all over the place, I feel it, like. Loving it. All over. ALJ827, question for Sims. Hey, guys, your podcast is absolutely awesome. Thank you. You guys are brutally honest. I love the pod. I have a fairly interesting question for Sims. If Aaron Judge were to switch sports and play football, as a Red Sox fan, I would very much welcome this. What position do you think he would play? He's listed at 6'7", 282. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it, the end. I was going to say that we always make the LeBrons and stuff a tight, tight ends, end. Right. We always make them a tight end. Right. But you think Aaron Judge at 6'7", 282 is going to be a D end. A yeah. D end. Yeah. Come off the edge. Play that style of and football. Adrian Claiborne, if you will. Or, or he could do that. He could, he could. I mean, he's long enough to where, yeah, he could be like a 3-4-5 technique if he just goes, you know, let me put a little weight on and like just become a little bit bigger guy here. But yes, D-end all the way. I Like LeBron, tight end, I always have said that just because he did, I mean, Judge just has a little more physical mass to him than a LeBron, at least on yes. my eyes. And it looks like he has a little bit more upper body strength in general. But yeah, I think LeBron's also leaned out. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Coming off the edge. Coming off the edge. Three why, do you, why, why do we do that with football? Why do we put other athletes into football? Yeah, I don't know. We never ask, you know, if Jimmy Graham went and played. Like, it's like, we know you can't play in the NBA. Yeah. But we think that guys can just put on a helmet and throw them in there to an NFL I game. I guess we just want to know where we like. It helps you, what, figure out their physical demeanor of what they are is translating to that sport, whatever West, it may be. Westbrook got a wide receiver. Oh, man, amazing. Westbrook's a receiver <laughs> all the way. <laughs> all the way. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Love you, as always. Uh, continue to follow everything at Sims and Lefko. We've had better. I don't think this is our best podcast. So I'm not like really it. happy with it today. No, I'm not. Well, why don't you do this? Right. Give us the, the coach speak. Lead us out of here. Break down practice. Make sure it doesn't get stale. Hey, guys, it's it's Monday, March 19th. It's just the start of the offseason, but we got some things to clean up. There's no doubt about that. I already saw that. I'm going to go back and watch the film uh, and give you a little bit better answer, but I'm just not happy with the overall production of this podcast. Sorry, listeners out there, but... I don't care. If we got to fake it and come out here with some fake energy, then that's what we got to do. That was crude. That was crude. <laughs> All right, fuck you. Yeah. For Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick would say good evening and the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Says, I appreciate you. Oh, I'll let you guys later. So nice. I appreciate you.